Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. We are moving today, baby. Kyle, you're all over We're the flying board. flying around. Kyle's all over the board. I got, I got a rundown. You got a rundown. I did. We you had to run to go get your rundown. A literally a rundown. <laughs> yeah, man. How are you? I'm good. I could be better. I mean, I'm trying to shake this cold, Kyle. But outside of that, uh, ready to roll. Yeah, we got a, a ton going on. So the the Kings played the, the Spurs on Friday. We'll talk a little bit about that one. But we'll dive into the Kings win over the Mavs, 129-113 to last night down in Dallas. Sacramento in action again tonight. Their first back-to-back of the year. I think so. I think so as well. They're down in New Orleans. Uh, the 49ers knocked off the Buccaneers 27-14. to We will dive into that game, of course. And then the Raiders actually hung with the Dolphins, man. They're right there. I had a feeling that they were going to hang with I'm the so Dolphins. I'm so proud of them. I am too. You know, it's such a good, good feel-good story. We have your six quick thoughts to get to from last night's game. Yeah. I want to I hang on the Raiders for 20 seconds here. Okay. Hire Antonio Pierce immediately. Two reasons. One, a couple of wins and then hanging with the Dolphins the way they did with it, really with it, with the ball and a chance to tie the game at the end or, or go for the win. Like, that's great. Like, yeah. Look, awesome. awesome. I'm down with that. I, I'm okay with that too because, like, look, you're a, a rudderless franchise. You need someone who, who can bring a soul yes. to the franchise. Yes. And that's what Antonio Pierce, like, you they get to the offseason and, and you attack the offseason the right way. You you let him build out a staff or you help him build mm-hmm. out a staff, fill any holes in his understanding of the game, surround him with good people, and let's see where it goes from there. They could have rolled over and died in Miami. They could have just gone in and lost by 30 points and been like, oh, well, it's Miami. We're not supposed to compete with them. And then, you know, look, try and move on and and hang with the Chiefs instead. But no, they went in there. They they lose 20 to 13. The reason though they need to hire Antonio Pierce immediately is because my man was out there in Miami in a black hoodie and black pants on the sun side of the field in 82 degree Miami weather. Oh. That's a tough guy. I want him in my locker room. <laughs> I want him leading my team. <laughs> he doesn't care about hydration. Dude, it's he doesn't the, dude. <laughs> I down it. I was in Key West uh, last month. Yeah, last month now. Yeah, last month. Month and a half ago. That humidity is it's real suffocating, bro. <laughs> Just sitting outside doing like this painting thing when it's eighty four, and I've never sweated that much in my life. It's, it's and he's out there in a black hoodie and black pants. Shout out to Antonio Pierce, bro. Florida is miserable because everywhere you go, you're you're like hot and. And sticky You're just and wet and, and wet. Yeah. And then every every business you walk into has their air conditioning cranked to like sixty five because they're trying to get the moisture out, right? right. So an air conditioning uh, condenser basically it pulls the moisture out of the air. Yeah. And and so that's what they. So you walk in everywhere and you're freezing cold. Brutal. Yeah. It, it it's is really a, tough. It's a brutal place to live. I don't know. Like I guess. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I couldn't I could not live there. I at couldn't all. either. The I, people that do big ups. And big ups to Antonio Pierce for rocking right. the the black <laughs> hoodie and black pants in the eighty two degree humidity. But let's get first before we, we crack open week eleven of the NFL season. Let's talk about this Kings win last night. One twenty nine, one thirteen over the Mavs, and James will get to all six of your your quick thoughts here. But for me, I'm wrapping up the Niner game. I got the Kings game on. 
know, it's back and forth and six point game, seven point game, whatever. It's kind of Dallas battles back to tie it. I turned away from my TV for three minutes, maybe to do some writing. And then I turned back and this game that was back and forth and close. And I think the Kings were up five the last I the last I had looked, which is nothing in the modern mm-hmm. and five five points is basically a one possession game. I turn and it's an eighteen point game in like three minutes. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Kyle, they I, to me it looked like they were in a heavyweight battle, and they just sat there and just kept putting their foot down on the gas and mm-hmm. saying, "Like go ahead and run with us. It's fine." Yeah. Yeah. You you can sit there and flop all you want and get to the free throw line 47 times. We don't care. You just go ahead and keep doing your crybaby stuff. While you're doing that, we're just going to keep, like, we have our foot down on the gas. And yeah. the the Mavericks, of course, were playing on the second night of a back-to-back. I thought that the the pace, the the heat that the Kings brought, mm-hmm. like, it there, there was no way Dallas could keep up. And they were trying to. Dallas made no effort in that. There was that stretch in the third quarter. Where I they went like four minutes without a dead ball, and it was just breakneck back and forth, steal, layup, taking the ball out of the basket, get out and run, long long throw ahead. It's like somebody slow down. <laughs> like, oh my god! It was wild, man. <laughs> like wild. Let let's go breakneck pace. Yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah, and and the Kings just like you said, uh, Dallas up one after the first quarter. The Kings win the next three quarters by six points, five points, and five points. Yeah, and just kind of methodically stomped them, beat down a, a team in the West that's been that's been pretty good this year, and I think really put themselves themselves put the Kings into into the early season like upper echelon of the West conversation. If they weren't already there last night, really really drove it home for me. Let's get to your quick thoughts though before before we get into the big picture stuff with the Kings. James, your six quick thoughts, starting yeah, with number one. Let's quickly get into our quick thoughts. Uh, shot shot out of a cannon. Hmm. Uh, De'Aaron Fox didn't wait long to start putting up numbers. He hit the Mavs with 13 points in the first 12 minutes. He then decided to not score for like another 18 minutes, and then all of a sudden he just went off. So after scoring 43 against Spurs, he backed it up with 30 point, seven assists, three still game, and he didn't have to play huge minutes. Nope. Um, man, the difference between him this year and last year, where last year is all about the fourth quarter, this year he is very much distributing the the points throughout mm-hmm. the game, and it's really, really good to see. Not only that, he's just hitting everything from behind the arc. He's shooting 41.7% from three at this point. He would be, we talked about this before the year, I think people have talked about it since Aaron Fox got drafted. If he hits 37 38% of his threes, which is probably about where I think he settles in this year, to jump to just immediately shooting over 40 would be nuts. And yeah. maybe he doesn't. But I think he probably settles in around 37 38%. If he's doing that, he's staying in the MVP conversation. Oh, I totally He's agree. just an impossible guard at that point. He is. Uh, he's shooting 41.7 on 8.6 attempts per game. Batty. Man, he is going for it. He's, I, he's averaging 31.9 points per game. I, I believe he's still leading the NBA in scoring. That I mean, he should be. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's blown up like he has the last couple of games. So so the thing for me that, that really jumps out to me is how much of a tone setter he is for this offense now and how he's kind of taking on that role. So it's not, hey, get Keegan Murray involved early, get get Kevin Herter going earlier. Last night, Chris Duarte. Not, it's just set a tone, let's go score a bunch of points. This is who we not, are. And not need the fourth quarter to, to really come back. Because I don't know how sustainable the fourth quarter Fox thing was. And if that's what they're relying on is this player just continuing to be individually brilliant in the fourth quarter specifically, I don't think that's sustainable. But De'Aaron Fox just averaging 30 a game and doing so by spreading out the scoring. And this night, you know, you need him to have a big fourth quarter. Okay. But a huge first quarter, just throw a couple of big punches early and then help put him away late. I think they're learning how to put teams away earlier than they did last year. And so you don't need fourth quarter Fox as much. Yep. And he's like, okay, let's go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Okay, let's get to number two, Um, the wrecking ball. Uh, The Mavs had zero answer for DeMontis Sabonis. Um, He he just crushed them. 32 points, 13 rebounds, six assists. He shot 13 of 15 from the field. Mm -hmm. How he bullied them 
was shocking. Mm-hmm. Shocking. He blew up one of their bigs at one point, and the dude just crumbled and fell under the basket. Sabonis is now averaging 20.8 points, 12.9 rebounds, 7.2 assists, almost a block a game. Kylie shooting 63.4% from the field, 37.5 from three. He outrageous. is he is outrageous. He's just he's he's really good. And we'll 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 can we'll dive further into that a little bit later. But yeah, I don't I don't have much to add in the in the quick thoughts. This is I've asked for him to be more dominant in terms of scoring the basketball, mm-hmm. and he has very much taken that on. I think he listens to the show. Is what I'm trying to say. So Domas, you're welcome. Number three, <laughs> Domas. We need you to block more shots. <laughs> we'll wait for it. I need to see him be a defensive presence. I need two blocks. No, good. No, no. Uh, welcome to the first team. Uh, Kevin Herter missed a game with a finger, a sprained finger on his non-shooting hand. Uh, and Chris Duarte got the start. He was aggressive on defense without fouling. He was also aggressive on the offensive end. 13 points, 3 of 4 from the field. He also had 8 rebounds, and he had a couple of steals too. He was impressive. I, this is why I kept saying, maybe they send Chris Duarte. This sounds horrible. Send him to the G League and let him get a couple of games where he's playing 30-something minutes a game mm-hmm. and let him find his sea legs. And that's exactly what this uh, they allowed him to do in this one. Five of eight from the field, four assists, two steals. Yeah, really, really nice night for Chris Duarte. And he benefits here, too, from running with the starters, where a lot of his looks are just going to be open. He sets a screen, relocates, hangs out in the corner, gets an open three. I think that's that's beneficial for him offensively. And then, like you said, the defending without fouling. Three fouls in 32 minutes. Love to see that from, from him. Yeah, I totally agree. Right, um, number four. A little extra. Uh, Keegan Murray was physical. He picked up some early fouls, so I didn't stop him from making an impact. Uh, he's becoming more and more fearless going to the basket, uh, especially when his jumper isn't falling. 17 points, four assists, three rebounds. He did have five steals in this game, um, but... He really is showing that he is he's starting to take that leap where a bad game for him offensively, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you can really call it. He shot two of seven from three. He scored 17 points and was a plus 21 on yep. the game. Yep. Just impacting. He's impacting games in more ways than hanging out and hitting threes. He's and really that's good. what they've needed from him. Yeah. Like you're just seeing this steady growth. Is he going to be maximum Keegan Murray at the end of this year? Probably not. But you're starting to see, even within this season, these little strides and this growth of him as a player. And and I think it starts with, hey, he was 7 of 13 from the floor, 2 of 7 from 3. Hey, still pours in 17 points, has a few boards, dishes out a couple assists, plays good defense. That's uh, what, what you want from him. Right, yeah. Number five. Number five, the old vet. Uh, Harrison Barnes has had a great start to the season, uh, but he was solid in this game. He defended Luka for long stretches. Um, he finished the game with... 12.6 assists, which is a really strange number, four rebounds, uh, and he also held Luca, helped ho- hold Luca to 36.8% from the field and a negative 14 for the game. Good job by Harrison Barnes. Uh, defensively, he was outstanding. Yes. He was so good on that end. And if he's going to do that, I don't. I care far less about what his offensive numbers look like. I, I totally agree. All right, last one. Uh, fireball. When the game started to get a little out of control in the third, Malik Monk settled it down by just starting hit. He he just started hitting three pointers. Yep. yep. Uh, he got chippy. He picked up a tech. Uh, you have to love his energy. Twelve points, four six from three, three assists. It wasn't. They didn't need him to be playoff Malik in this one. Mm-mm. Um, but he was really solid, especially with Duarte playing almost thirty three minutes, def- uh, playing good defense out there. Good yeah. game for Monk. Yeah, really good, really good Malik Monk game. And, I mean, Kings need a big three. I don't know if there's a player I want taking it more than Monk. Oh, man, when he's when he's feeling it, it's yeah. just like boom, boom, boom. It's electric. Yeah. And it comes from anywhere. It doesn't have to be – it can be off the bounce. It could be uh, curling off a screen. It could be stationary catch and shoot. doesn't matter. I, I, I love when he gets rolling, and they needed him last night. All right. Plenty more to come about the uh, Kings win over the Mavs. Let's get into the Niners win over the Bucks and not an ugly win, but also not necessarily a pretty win. We'll talk about it next here on the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube at ESPN thirteen twenty. <laughs> 
Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Kings win yesterday, 49ers win yesterday. That's what we're diving into now. The Raiders kept it close in Miami. They covered. They covered the 13 and a half. I told you they would cover. Good teams win, great teams cover. Yeah, yeah. 13 and a half is a lot of points. Yeah, I, told I almost you. take the points. I almost take the points just on principle. Like you're giving me two touchdowns for an NFL team in a game. Yeah. I, I'll I'll take that. I had a feeling that they were going to play hard and I didn't think they would win. But I was willing to take the points. Yeah. You were betting on the Antonio Pierce bump. Yes. Yeah. The continued Antonio Pierce bump. I'm rooting for him, man. Um, the 49ers beat the Buccaneers yesterday 27-14. to 14, And it felt like an ugly win to me because it was the first time all year that they've they they won a game where they had to get two stops in the red zone. Excuse me. Yeah, two stops in the red zone. Okay. Where the Bucks could have cut it to one score late in the game. And then offensively, when the Niners had a chance to put that game away, they um didn't offensively. They went three and out twice. They had the the fourth and one where they went handoff to McCaffrey. He gets stuffed right oh. there near midfield. Mm-hmm. And again, the game was for the most part over by then. But but still that's a play where you go, hey, you want to pick up this yard, put the game away, kneel it out, not have to play any more defensive possessions. And they just didn't. So so it felt like there were multiple times where they could have really slammed the door, gone down and scored, made that a 34-14 game, and just kind of put this one away. And they they didn't quite do that. I, but also an ugly win would have been if Jake Moody made his kick in Cleveland. That would have been a game that they did not deserve to win that they did. I thought they deserved to win yesterday. It just wasn't as easy, I think, as, as some of their other victors. No, I, I understand what you're saying. And it's funny you bring up Cleveland. Cleveland won again yesterday, and they said it was the third time this season that they have won in the last seconds of a game while while scoring. They didn't even bring up the fact that the, wow. Niners, the Niners game where that wow. was a fourth. Man. Like, so they, they have that figuring it out. Minnesota Vikings uh, last year feel where they somehow won all these games. Um, yeah. Yeah, to me, like, look, when we're when you're breaking down that game, it really is hard to find fault. Like, did they need to do something extraordinary? No, they they got up on a team, and when it mattered, they didn't let them score. And mm-hmm. I thought that Brock Purdy was so abs- absolutely incredible. Like the the throws that he, it just everything looks easy. And I don't know if that's just because the offense is just that good and the offensive line is that good or the routes are running, Kyle Shannon, whatever it is, Brock Purdy just is really, really good every time I watch him play. He's had a couple of hiccups, but, you know, it's every team has a couple of hiccups. We watch C.J. Stroud, like, melt down and somehow still come away with a win this week. Um, C.J. Stroud's a baller, dude. Is he fun to watch? I'm such a big C.J. Stroud guy. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm just all in on the Texans. Yeah, Nico I, Ryan's, Bobby Slowick, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Dalton Schultz, just love them. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to those guys. <laughs> Jimmy Ward, yeah, 49ers legend. Yeah, Brock Purdy yesterday, man, twenty-one of twenty-five, three hundred thirty-three yards, of three touchdowns, one hundred fifty-eight point three passer rating, is outrageous. It's the highest passer rating you can have. Right. So I don't know the particular calculations for passer rating. It's I go, so complex, dude. I go, it's, it's wild. I go to passer rating calculator on Google, and there's one at Pro Football Reference, and you punch in the stats and hit calculate. And oh, that's yeah. how I do it. If I need it over the course of, you know, like X amount of games where I can't. Anyways. Uh, so 158.3 is the maximum you can be. It's as high as it goes. So... 21 other quarterbacks in NFL history have had a perfect passer rating with 25 or more attempts. It just doesn't happen that often. Mm-hmm. Because one interception, a few incomplete passes, at, like there's so many things that can that can drop your passer rating. And this isn't to say that this is the best game by a quarterback in 49ers history or anything. It's just a it's just nuts. Like Joe Montana and Steve Young both had perfect passer ratings in games in 1989. That's weird. But Young did it in a game where he came on in relief of Montana and threw only 12 passes. Okay. 
And then Joe Montana did it a few weeks later. I think it was three weeks later. I think it was week seven and 10. And Montana did it on 19 passes. So to do it in 25 throws is really hard. I kind of feel like Joe Montana was like, Steve Young did it. I think I'm going to do it just to 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 say, hey, look, I can do it too. Come on now. 45 to three win over the over the Falcons when Montana did it so a, a convincing win but dude I don't know I keep I have I still I, I don't want to say a hesitation with Brock Purdy because it's not that I think he's good I think he's a dude I just I I don't I I don't know what like I don't know what else I need to see I, I don't know if there if there's just the interceptions that he threw are sticking in the back of my mind or some of the balls that he's just kind of randomly airmailed or, or missed on. But then you watch any other quarterback, and every every quarterback misfires. Yeah. Or has every, a bad interception. Yeah, every quarterback has a, and has a bad play. I don't know why I'm holding Brock Purdy to this standard, like, internally. I'm not saying that anyone else does this or I feel the need to do this. It's just when I watch him, he goes 21 of 25 for 333 and three touchdowns. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that was a good game. I'm like, no, that's a great game. And it wasn't all within. There were plays where he's he's scrambling and he's creating on his own, and he's making some really nice. The th- the touchdown throw to Brandon Ayuk on the left side was that was crazy. That but was a dot. Even the touchdown that he threw to Kittle in the back yeah. left of the end zone, mm-hmm. it looked like he threw a forty yard bomb that just goes like this, boo, like perfectly right to him. Yeah. Just, like it had this perfect arc. Yeah. He threw it so it was a little bit high, so he had to leave his feet, but had plenty of space. Just absolutely perfect. Yeah. And that's where really I think there's a possibility that he's too perfect sometimes. Like some of the throws he's making, they're just too perfect mm-hmm. and we're holding it against him. Hmm. I don't know. Like he makes it look too easy. Like so. So here's the thing: is is everybody says he's always throwing to wide open guys. Well, the like when you dive into the metrics of of open receivers, because those are things that like next gen stats tracks. Of course, he's not always throwing to wide open guys. Like it's just not a. It just kind of. It, I think it just seems like that, but that's not necessarily the case. Like at least not any more than any other any other player. And so now I'm at a point where. I think I've just shed the whole idea of like, oh, he's good for his first, you know, 18 starts as a pro or whatever it is. This is his 15th regular season start okay. today or on Sunday. But I'm past the point of, oh, I'm going to start. I'm going to just give him leeway for these mistakes. Like he's good. And I think that he needs to be judged as that now. I would agree yes- with you. But, but yesterday, like, he was... beyond he yesterday I think was his best game as a pro and it just looks so methodical and so easy that I think I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around how damn good he was Kyle I I did the math last night he's on pace for 4,500 yards and 31 Mm -hmm. touchdowns passing yes and then like four rushing touchdowns nine interceptions I mean he's on pace to be like eight super, super top-tier quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone wants to dismiss it. They do. They're uh, Well, you, you want to make excuses for why he's so good? Like, just enjoy the ride. Like, enjoy the fact that you've got a quarterback that you can probably build around. Yeah, I'm I'm very much in that. I was, I was talking about this on the internet today, but I'm very much in the camp that he's fine in a vacuum, but great in this situation. And ultimately, the in a vacuum part of this doesn't matter. Because this is the situation he's in. Well, I get and, you, but I would just say this. Like, if you put him on the Jets, the Jets are like eight and eight and two or eight, or seven and three or whatever. I don't Probably. know. Probably. Mm, their offensive line's not good. They'd be know. better, though. They would be better for sure. Like, probably three games better without the mistakes? Yeah, man. I, like, you put him anywhere else, you'd be like, okay. I haven't, I haven't watched a ton of Jets to through that lens oh it's horrible so to watch. i'm not it's so bad yesterday was yesterday was particularly he, he brutal, can't make but, any throws at all yeah, like zach wilson can't make any yeah. throws at all i mean like the fact that you're considering bringing back a dude who tore his achilles mm-hmm. in, in week 16 mm-hmm. like i don't know why you will because i i don't think there'll be a playoff team but the fact no, that you would dumb. consider that it'd be so dumb it would be dumb yeah but you don't need to do all that they're starting someone new this week 
here's 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 where I'm at with Brock Purdy and the whole how good is he, how good is he not. I'm not going to go back to the whole like, oh, he's an MVP candidate thing. I'm not going back there. But what I will say is if he hits the numbers that you just laid out, he's on pace for 4,500 yards, 31 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 9.4 yards per attempt, which is an asinine number. That is crazy high. 70% completion rate, a passer rating of 116.1, I think. If he hits those numbers and the 49ers continue winning, if they beat Seattle twice, if they go to Philly and win, I'm not saying they will, I'm saying if, and he keeps playing this well, and they are the one or two seed at the end of this year, and he hits all those benchmarks that you'd named, he's going to be in the conversation. If he's if he's going to be a top three MVP candidate. That's how the voting's going to go. Because you have people who are going to look at numbers and they're going to say, okay, who are the best teams? Okay, the 49ers are one of the best teams in the NFC. Let's look at their quarterback. Oh, wow, 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, less than 10 interceptions. Look at all these numbers. That's how it's going to go. But there's a long way to go. They got to get through Philly. They got to get through Baltimore. They got to get through Seattle twice. It's going to be an uphill climb for him. But if he gets there through that gauntlet, uh, I think he's going to be there and he's going to have earned it. Uh, also, Kyle Shanahan today confirmed it is a torn ACL for Talanoa Hufanga. The 49ers feared that after the game. It has now been confirmed through imaging. We will talk about that after the break. He's James Hamm. I'm Kyle Madsen. We're the insider sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Fun conversations at the break with the chatty house today. I love these people. They're fun. Get in there at youtube.com slash ESPN 1320. Go hang out, see what's cracking. I wouldn't recommend jumping in feet first on your first day in there. Like, definitely get a feel for the vibe first. <laughs> like one toe in the water. Like, yeah, just dip a are toe you, in, maybe say, hey, everybody. Are you saying you're not all in, Kyle? Oh, I am. I have both <laughs> feet in the chatty house. You should have seen me. When I, when I didn't have a job, I would sit there at my house during the day and I'd be doing, so, I, you know, I'd do some yard work and go to the gym, do whatever. And get home and I'd be like, oh, d and KC are on. I'd be in the chatty house. I'd be hanging out. That's fun. Not always saying anything, but I was lurking. You were lurking. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not usually in the chatty house. Like on, on days that I'm not. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's, it's 49ers. Sorry, I got I got locked into the chatty house. Okay. So we were talking about Brock Purdy. I want to put a pin in the Brock Purdy stuff because that conversation is just going to kind of be there. And ultimately where, where, where that conversation is heading is, can he win a Super Bowl for the 49ers? And we won't know that until... He wins a Super Bowl or he doesn't. Yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at, which is honestly remarkable for a player who was the last pick in the draft last year. That we are now at that point, at least I am. If you're still a person that's like, nope, I need to see more in the regular season. Well, that okay. If 15 starts isn't enough, then fine. I, I, I that's your prerogative. I'm not going to argue with you that 15 starts is enough. But I'm on to the postseason part of this. Well, that makes sense. I mean, that's a natural progression, right? Mm-hmm. 
Like a, a quarterback has to actually go in and win. Mm-hmm. Although I, I would also say like how many quarterbacks in the NFL are considered, you know, the top tier quarterbacks who've like, never won a ring. Ooh, and not very many. Well, no. I mean, if you're looking at right now, we all think that there's Patrick Mahomes and then there's maybe a second tier right below Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. that has all of these quarterbacks. Most of those quarterbacks haven't won haven't won a Super Bowl. Is Patrick Mahomes the only active quarterback who has a Super Bowl? Oh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Oh. There's probably wow. more. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Uh yeah. Although he's not super active. It's true. Yeah. I, I'm not sure, but you know, like you, you have your your group of uh, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Josh Allen, like this whole group, uh, Jalen Hurd, um, like all these guys, right? And none of them have a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know that you have to be that guy. I mean, oh, Matt Stafford. Yeah, Matt Matt Stafford does have a Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> but I'm not putting him anywhere near that category. No, no, not anymore. Yeah, Joe Flacco's on Cleveland's practice squad. That doesn't count. Not until he's on the active roster. Yeah. But then Joe Flacco will count. All right, so there's a few. It's not just it's not just Patrick Holmes. Hey, the other thing that happened yesterday was so we we mentioned before the break. Talano Hufanga does have a torn ACL. Shanahan said it was a clean tear, no meniscus damage or anything like that. They're hopeful that he will be ready for the start of next season. But his exit brought in rookie safety Jair Brown, who almost immediately it wasn't his first snap. But very early on in the game, he got beat for a 41-yard reception on just a rookie mistake. He just ran to where the receiver was, planted his feet, receiver blows by him, he's Mm -hmm. in catch-up mode, he gives up a 41-yard catch. But he finished the game with four tackles, two two touchdown-saving pass breakups, and an interception in the end zone. And that was, was, it was insane because that was why the 49ers drafted him when they traded up to get him. One of the big things was, hey man, at Penn State... He was a turnover machine. I think he had 10 interceptions and six forced fumbles in, in two seasons or something like that. He's just constantly around the ball, constantly taking the ball away. And so to see him yesterday knock away a fourth down pass from Mike Evans, hit Dot in the tight end, he was juggling it. But if he doesn't get hit, maybe he corrals it, mm-hmm. separates, separates the tight end from the ball on one play, and then has the interception on a deflection later on. And that's just knows for the football, knowing where the ball is. And if the 49ers can manage to not take a massive step back, I mean, Talano Hufang is an all pro, but if they can manage to not take a massive step back with Brown in there, that would, that would be a, a pretty significant win for them, especially considering that their rookie class really hasn't done anything outside of Jake Moody. Yeah. I mean, and it's crazy. Jake Moody's the one guy. Um, That's it. Yeah, so that's the one. It, it would be interesting. It's really tough to to like gauge what a safety is going to mean to your team. And I know Hafunga has been really good, but I also think that there's plenty of times where you're a little bit suspect on on what's happening with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know he he's very good, but he just doesn't. He's not always there. Uh, he he gambles makes, a lot. He does. He makes some big stops, but he also makes some big misses. Mm-hmm. And so. I don't know. I, I like having a guy who who is a ball hawk who always seems to be mm-hmm. around the ball and the ball seems to find him because mm-hmm. you know if you have enough of those guys on your roster, then you end up being a turnover team. Yep, team that goes out and causes turnovers and uh, wins a turnover battle and and you know of course that usually leads to victories. Yep, yep. That's and I think that's what they're hoping for with with Jair Brown. A couple other notes, real quick. Uh, George Kittle in his last four games. Has 31 targets. He's caught 25 of them for 432 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, he's quietly really great again. In his first six games, he had like 18 catches for 216 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, he's going to be a thousand yard receiver again. That's what it looks like. Uh, he's on. He's on pace for it. Yep. He needs a he needs a couple more. And that's the pro, that's been kind of the issue with George Kittle is he'll have these stretches where he disappears and then he'll have four or five games where he's awesome and then he'll disappear again. So if he continues producing like this, though. Like that, and I liked what the Niners did with him yesterday, using him on a lot of the play action stuff, just getting him free releases, getting him wide open, letting him get up the field. Like that's that's I think where Kittle at this point needs to be utilized the most in kind of those short to intermediate areas instead of being a downfield threat. I'd also point out that like while we believe that Purdy had like a, I mean statistically speaking, he had a perfect game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he also only hit four wide receivers. 
he he targeted uh, Juwan Jennings on one play, but outside of that, overthrow in the end zone. Yeah, it was uh, Ayuk with six targets, Kittle with nine, Debo with four, and McCaffrey with five. I guess you could say that he has a knack for getting the ball to his best players, and that's a good thing. Sure. But there's also those games where you're going to need a use check. You're going to need a bell. You're going to need Juwan Jennings. You're going to like there are so, other players that need to get involved. Yeah, I I get that to an extent, but I don't even know how much. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to see. Ray Ray McLeod played two snaps yesterday. Ross mm. Dwelly played two snaps. Ronnie Bell played five. Elijah Mitchell played eight. Juwan Jennings played 20. Charlie Werner, 22. Kyle Juszczyk, 25. Like, it's not like there's these guys playing huge amounts of snaps that just aren't getting targets. No, I understand that. So it could just be uh, a coaching decision to do this, but... Uh, here's <laughs> here's my thing with this. Against Atlanta last year, this, this, this game really sticks out to me. Against Atlanta, the Niners had two deep shots from Jimmy Garoppolo to Charlie Werner and then Ray Ray McLeod. They both got dropped. And they probably both would have been touchdowns. And the uproar after the game was, why isn't that a George Kittle target? Why isn't that a Brandon Ayuk target? Mm -hmm. And I think that's valid. At the time, I was like, because teams aren't going to let George Kittle run free down the middle the way they let Charlie Werner did. But in this instance, for me, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. The most effective offense is one where, hey, put whoever on the field, the quarterback is going to find them, and it doesn't matter where they line up or how often they're on the field, quarterback is going to find the open guy and hit them. But with the way this offense runs, if Christian McCaffrey and Ray Ray McLeod are open, I know who I want the quarterback throwing the ball to. Okay. I I think it's it's kind of like, isn't that the Minnesota game where Ray Ray McLeod dropped like a, a huge third down play? And I think it was that game. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we did the exact same thing. Why were you throwing it to Ray Ray McLeod? Why yeah. weren't you throwing it to Ayuk, who was hot in the game? Well, he was, that, he was the intended receiver on the second interception. Okay, okay. And that was the play for me where it's like, that's who you're trying to fit that throw into? Well, I think that there was another play, though, where he dropped a ball over the middle, and it was like a crucial third down. I'm not and, recalling, but I'll believe you. Okay, yeah. And, and again, you're, you might be right, because that's where... We start laying into him, but there's a big difference between, you know, hitting a wide receiver in crunch time that you need to hit, yeah, and hitting a uh, a wide receiver in in the second the second quarter that yeah. might help you. So I just think that spreading the ball around a little bit helps. Uh, I think that it, you know, if you're keying in on guys, the defense knows that, mm-hmm. and it makes it a lot easier to defend when you're only going to hit like three guys in a route, yeah, and not the other two. You know, like everyone knows, you're not going to throw it to the other guys. Uh, last thing for me from this game, <laughs> Baker Mayfield's good. I'm in on Baker, dude. I don't, I don't know if he's good. Hmm, maybe now Baker Mayfield <laughs> can play. Now there were there were a couple of dots that he threw. He's got a huge arm, and he's super accurate, especially yeah. on like deep outs. I was just there were there were. Maybe half a dozen plays, half a dozen throws in that game. Where I was like, "Damn, like that's the kind of throw that makes you a number one pick." Like you see the vision with it. I just don't know if if he's that dude. It's funny because I watched Zach Wilson play enough to know that he never looks that. Like he right. never, <laughs> right. ever, right. ever makes that throw where you're like, "Oh, you're that dude." Mm-hmm. Mitch Sherbinsky never makes that throw right. where you're like, "Oh, you're that dude." Like, yeah. I can see it. Yeah. No, no. But you're right. Baker does where you're like, hey, that's good. Yeah, you could. I think so. Here's I think Baker's going to be in the league for a long ass time. He's going to start a bunch of games, maybe for teams that win, maybe not. But he's the kind of player that if you plugged him in with the 49ers, it's like I think the view of Baker Mayfield around the league is just a lot different. Oh, yeah. No, I would agree with you. He is. He, I was really impressed with him for the most part yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he, he does make some mistakes. I also, you know, one of the things I noticed, it wasn't until the very end of this game um, that the Niners started to actually pressure him a lot mm-hmm. that Niners let him off the hook early on. Like this vaunted defensive line, I mean, it was 
at one point yeah. it was what they they finished with i think four sacks and eight quarterback hits mm-hmm. um they were more like two sacks and and five quarterback hits until the last drive of yeah. the game yeah they got him twice on that last series yeah yeah the 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 bucks offensive line isn't isn't great so it's not super encouraging but i mean still you wind up with a couple of turnovers 14 points allowed okay it's fine for the most part but yeah I was expecting I was expecting more from the defensive line. They had to dial up a lot of pressure yesterday. Yeah. Bringing extra extra blitzers and stuff and that's not that's not super optimal uh, against a team like against a team like Tampa Bay. Well, at least his co- their their defensive coordinator was on the sidelines who could see it. Yeah, no good point. Yeah, a lot of lot of good communication happening there. Two uh two final things. I, I lied to you. I'm sorry. Fred Warner yesterday had one of those games that reminds you that he's the best off-ball linebacker in football. Oh man, he'll have he'll have one or two bad games a year. He'll have a bunch of games where he's just really good and kind of at his standard, and then he'll have a game like yesterday that just jumps off the screen and makes you go, "Is he a defensive player of the year candidate?" I don't think he is going to be, but when he plays like he did yesterday, it's hard not to ask the question. Oh, he's an All Pro for sure. I mean, yeah, he will. That one pass he knocked down where he just like skies in the air. You're like, what in the world? Ridiculous athletic. Ten years ago, Fred Warner is a safety, and he's playing strong safety. Yeah, that that's and that he's not. And now he's the prototypical like middle off ball linebacker. Yeah, and I think one of the things that stood out too it wasn't even ball linebackers redundant, but you get it. Go ahead. Yeah, it was like I think it was like in the third quarter when he batted down that pass, mm-hmm. you're like, how does he have the legs to do that at this point in the game? I think it was the fourth quarter. Maybe it was. It was like late. Staying with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, running a, running routes with people, knocking a ball down, being physical, hitting a guy, like flying to the line. Yeah. But leaping up in the air with like a 36-inch vert and knocking a ball down when you're tired like that, mm-hmm. that, that was super impressive to me. And then also running the stunt with Bosa and knocking down a pass at the line of scrimmage a little bit later on in that drive. Mm-hmm. Same drive, had two pass breakups. Like he's just he is he is uniquely talented and and you saw it yesterday he was all over the field he was really really good. And then otherwise uh, uh, elsewhere around the league the Lions won yesterday had a big comeback. Shout out to my guy Jared Goff. I never doubted him <laughs> for a second. <laughs> never doubted him for a second as the Lions come all the way back and beat Chicago. The Seahawks did not beat the Rams. They were up 13-0, and then the Rams went on a 17-3 run. The Rams kicked a late field goal. The Seahawks then missed a 55-yarder. Did you hear what happened in that no. at the, in that sequence at the end? So the the Seahawks get it where it's going to be like a 56-57 yard field goal. They they don't have any timeouts, so they have to clock it. Well, oh no, I'm sorry. They they didn't have to clock it. As they're going to the line, I guess Geno Smith's radio communication went out. So he just had to make something up at the line and called a run play. So they run it for the two yards to set up this 55-yard field goal. So then they spike it and they get their kicker on and he pushes a 55-yarder wide right. Like, that sucks. What a bad time to have that happen. Yeah, that's not good. I feel like, I don't know if that, I don't know if you'd like necessarily work on that, but I think the move in that spot is to just clock it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like you've got to have like a script that you you know you're loosely playing off of, right? Yeah, so but there's there no should way be a, like there's a, no way a run up the middle is the move there. No, but you have to have like a contingency plan for a situation like that. So that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That it's like, oh, this is what we're doing. Yeah, like I mean, they should have tried to get like five or six yards, uh, you know, on a quick out. They've got the wide receivers to do it. Try to make the field a little shorter. Yeah, which yeah, it would have it would have been good from fifty two. Yeah, yeah that, was, thing, that thing peeled off sharp right at the end. Right yeah. at the end. So the the Niners ultimately the Niners are now alone in first place in the NFC West. But that's not going to matter if they lose next week in Seattle or this this week in Seattle Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday night. If they go lose in Seattle, Seattle's in first place in the division. They're tied in. They have the tiebreaker. So Oof. that's that's how that goes. Huge game Thursday night. By the way. The Chatty House wants us to leave the Bears game alone. Sorry, Ramsey and, and Manny. Leave the Bears game alone? Was pulling for the Bears big time in that one. Yeah. That's tough. It's tough. Hate it. Hate it for our guys. 
let's let's finish this up here. We did Kings and Mavs earlier. We'll continue looking ahead or looking back at that in a bit. But the Kings also played the Spurs on Friday, mm-hmm. and they came away with a win. What was the Victor Wembanyama experience like for you? Um, I think it was very similar to what it was for the Sacramento Kings. I sat there and watched in awe. <laughs> like, and I think that they did too. They're like, what is this thing on the court? Yeah. Like, it's it's almost <laughs> like when the lion comes out and with stilts on and you're like, what's he doing? That's interesting. I've not experienced that a lot in my life, but I can imagine it's kind of nuts. You're like, is he going to fall? I don't know. <laughs> or when Red Panda starts flipping up. Yeah, like, that's better. Now I'm in. Now I follow. You You start to think. Why would someone do that? Yeah, Why would someone you, take on that as a career? How do you acquire the knowledge that you can do this? The skill. Like, was it one day <laughs> you were sitting in your kitchen and a bowl fell in and landed on your foot and you're like, flip and boom, it landed on your head. And you're like, what? I should do this riding a unicycle. I think I could do that again. Like I threw a ball <laughs> for the Corgi down our uh, to our entryway yesterday. Skip one skip right into a, my son's Crocs. Boom. Dang. Plants into, th- I told my wife. I could probably throw the ball 50, maybe 100 times down the same exact trajectory and not land it in one bounce inside a crock. That's what I think of when I look at Victor Wimbanyama. He's just an anomaly, and I don't know how you defend him. I don't know. Like, there are teams that play against him four times a year. We'll have a better idea. Mm-hmm. Teams that play him one time at home and one time on the road, they're never going to figure out how to play that guy. I loved that. I loved that. You you mentioned the Kings kind of felt like at the beginning they were just standing around in awe of what was going on, and then they were like, "Oh, oh yeah, the game we're down twenty three to what, twenty three to five? Okay, hang on, hang on. Okay, okay, we're trying now." And yeah. then just switch flipped, and the game was on. Okay, it was, but like I wrote in my uh, in my six quick thoughts, like my opening was messed around and almost got your ass kicked. And people took offense. I, I had so many replies. Almost got your ass kicked. Like, what in the world? And I'm like, they were down 23 to 5. They blew multiple double-digit leads throughout the game. Yeah. They messed around again and again and again. If you didn't see that, big deal. They won by 8. They beat a team that's not good. Right. With, with a, a not good team missing key players. Yes. Like, that was not... The convincing it was a win, and and you'll take it, especially on the road. Of course, but that was not the convincing win that because you, you and I were talking about like, man, this you got Dallas in the back to back. If you can if you can boat race them and get them out of here and get rest in the fourth quarter, like that would be huge. And they were in a battle all the way through that one. Yeah, Zach Collins out there looking like prime Hakeem against you, and people are wondering what I mean by messed around. Cannot tell you how infuriating it was <laughs> for your boy to watch minutes. Zach Collins cook. 25, 8, and 5 or whatever it was, you're like, what in the world? So much camera time for his dumb face. <laughs> oh, I forgot how much nerves, you, you hate him. We do have a Jiffy Lou player of the game for this. Oh, we do. We do. We have to give away a $100 gift certificate. So if you're out there right now, go to ESPN1320.com. Click on the Jiffy Lube banner right in the middle. The password is... Fox. Yeah, it's De'Aaron Fox. Fox was F-O-X is your password for our first of two Jiffy Lou Player of the Game $100 gift cards that we're giving away today, gift certificates we're giving away today. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, man. Like, all right. Here's what up. I love about De'Aaron Fox, dude. I tweeted this in, like, his rookie year. It might have been his second season, I forget. But I said, there's a lot of, like, F you and De'Aaron Fox's game. Oh, yeah. And there always has been, right? That's why Alonzo Ball ducks him all the time. <laughs> when he gets into a spot, home opener against the Warriors, Steph Curry having a huge game, here comes De'Aaron Fox in the fourth quarter, winds up having a huge game. Goes up against, pick a superstar. De'Aaron Fox wants to show every single time that he is the better of the two superstars on the court. And he goes into a game against the Greg Popovich Spurs in their building. And here's Victor Wembanyama, and everybody's freaking out about the seven foot four phenom, as they should. Like he is incredible. Yep. 
But De'Aaron Fox responds with 43 points, 8 boards, 7 assists, a steal, a block, 5 of 11 from 3, 14 of 24 from the field. It was very much a, hey, FYI, I'm here. I am the best player on the court. I don't care how tall that guy is. He is going to win the Rookie of the Year, and props to him. He's probably going to go to the All-Star game because the voting's weird. But De'Aaron Fox is also in the building, and I love that. That is my favorite quality in a player. I think Anthony Edwards has some of that to him. It's why I love Ant, and it's why I love De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, 43 points. What was it? Eight assists, seven rebounds? or was it Eight boards, seven Eight boards, seven assists. Eight boards, seven assists. You know, no offensive rebounds, though, so I'm rethinking this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 10 of 13 from the free throw line, like getting to the line and then making your free throws. It's, you know, I'm running out of things to say. Man, he's good. He's just a good, good little ball player. He's that guy all of a sudden. You're like, we kept saying, if he can take another leap, if he can. If he can hit his, his Dude has taken the leap. Yeah. Like he may settle down at at thirty, he may settle down at twenty eight, twenty nine, um, but he also might average thirty two a game this season because he can get thirty two without batting an eye. But he also he also might be the best player on the court on any given night. Yeah, and that to me is a, is a jump for him because I think there were games last year where you go against Jokic or. Uh, I'm you go just, against I'm gonna, Luka, and you can go Luka, up against Kyrie, Jason Tatum. And they like, can be the best. Kevin Durant, no. Devin Booker. De- like This is the year where De'Aaron Fox either is or has a very good chance to be the best player on the court every single night. That's an interesting that's a jump take on the MVP. Can you be the best player on the court every single night? And I mean, maybe not every single night. Maybe like 68 games out of 82. Can you be the best player on the court? Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting, like, if we're looking at it through the MVP lens... So, well, I don't know. Here, here's the other, and we can do more MVP stuff later, and and we got a break here. But I think all you have to do is look at how the Kings looked without De'Aaron Fox and how they have looked with him, and oh, how, yeah. and they don't go from bad team to oh they could win a few games. They go from oof, not sure if they can win on any given night to. Oh, this might be the best team in the Western Conference. Oh yeah, and that that jump to me—that's an MVP type of jump. But put a pin in the MVP stuff. We will talk about that in a little bit. Let's do some good, bad, and ugly from the Kings win over the Mavs last night. That's coming up next here on the Insider, sponsored by Jeffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty Sacramento Sports Leader. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.